heard of the WeFM and Bilad property promo? Well, WeFM 106.3 and Bilad Realty have put together a package for everyone looking to buy a property from Bilad exclusive to WeFM listeners. You get a great bargain when you buy a villa, townhouse or apartment from any of the Bilad properties in Wuye, Jabi, Life Camp, but only when you buy through WeFM. You get 2% discounts on any property plus the choice of having any of the following or all depending on the property type you are buying a range of 3.5 to 10.5 kva inverter systems fully fitted kitchen appliances or home automation air conditions for all living area and all bedrooms including boys quarters plus a range of 50 to 52 inch television set all these come as special offers ranging from 500000 to 3.5 million and guess what you can choose to convert these to cash and have it discounted from the total amount payable for the house what's more this does not require outright purchase you still get a great payment plan one that works for you but only if you buy through WeFM to take advantage of this offer call Diara on 0803-365-9584 or Ecomobon on 0708-736-5132 or go to our website www.wefmng.com for more details remember this offer is only for Bilad properties and exclusive to WeFM you won't get it if you go to Bilad direct one of the most important decisions a family makes is the decision on what property to buy the market is awash with so many options now the question is this does the property you want to buy meet your needs today and tomorrow is the level of craftsmanship from design to construction up to par owning the property also goes beyond your actual structure it affects the quality of life you and your family ought to enjoy Maintenance could also prove challenging for property owners. Where can you get certified artisans to address any of the numerous challenges that a property could develop? Now, this program is your one-stop shop for everything real estate. During the course of the series, we'll be talking not just real estate, we'll be talking sustainable real estate. We'll feature professionals in the industry who will guide us towards a better quality of life real estate-wise. Now this program is powered by Billad Realties in a collaboration with WeFM 106.3. We'd also like to hear what your challenges are and we'll do our best to answer any questions you may have. You can also leave your questions and comments on www.facebook.com/wefmng. You can also tweet us and reach us on Instagram at wefmng. You can also give us your feedback on the program in general by emailing info@wefmng.com. My name is Camry and this is the Property Show Sustainable Real Estate. Once again, you're welcome to the program. And um, our focus this week is going to be on sustainable cities and communities. 
In January 2016, the United Nations uh, put into effect what we know as the Sustainable Development Goals. Now, there are 17 goals which represent a universal call to action to end poverty, protect the planet, and ensure that all people enjoy peace and prosperity. Those are the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. Now, these 17 goals are intended to build on the successes of the Millennium Development Goals. Uh, Once again, our spotlight today will be on SDG 11, that's Sustainable Development Goal number 11, Sustainable Cities and Communities. Right, very happy to welcome to our studios uh, our guests uh, who will be discussing uh, this issue with us. It's my pleasure to welcome architect Chike Chamberlain Ibeanu, who's the principal partner of Z Design and Development Consultants Limited. Uh, thanks so much for coming down, architect Ibeanu. Thank you. Thank you, Kamri. Nice to be here. Pleasure to have you. Uh, we also have another architect in the studio. Uh, that's our architect Udeze Daniel. Architect uh, Daniel, thanks so much for coming down. Welcome. Thank you very much. And uh, also uh, with us is the uh, Chief Business and Strategy Officer of Bilad Realty. That's uh, Abdullahi Umar. Uh, thanks so much for coming down, uh, Abdullahi Umar. Thank you for having me, Kamri. All right. Now, um, Bilad also have uh, uh, in the uh, station with us here Priscilla Tete. She's the Client Relation Officer. You will be hearing from her later on. Uh, Priscilla is the one that's responsible for bringing you those uh, very, very important tips that uh Honestly, if you apply to your property, will not only give you a better, better uh, experience, and you will not uh, only enjoy your property more, but if you're looking to resell your property, for example, it can actually help you hike hike up the prices. We heard about this last time. All right, now um, let's get into it. Um, Sustainable cities and uh, communities. Uh, first of all, uh, let's have a look at what a community is, then look at what a city is, and then look at it from the perspective of SDG, that Sustainable Development Goal number 11. What are the key uh, you know, points of SDG 11, and um, how can we, how can we uh, leverage on that uh, to improve the real estate sector right here in Nigeria? Let's start with um, architect uh, Ibanu. Um, thank you very much, Kamri. Um the Sustainable um, Development Goals 11, like you noted, um, basically uh, talks about um, access to adequate, adequate and safe um, housing for inhabitants of, of our cities, um, providing access to um, sustainable transport systems. That's very important for a very successful city as well. And then you have inclusiveness where you have uh, the need to, to have um, sustainable organization and the capacity of um, um, the cities to, to engage the participants of or the inhabitants of a city in participatory um, dialogue towards finding solutions for, for, for the cities. And then the need to strengthen and protect the safeguard towards cultural and um, natural habitats. Uh, um, heritage is very important as well. And then um, significantly to reduce the number of deaths and the number of um, people um, affected and um, substantially um, de- decreased the degree direct economic um, issues related to flooding in our cities, um, reduce adverse um, per capita environment impact to cities, including by paying special attention to air quality and municipal and other waste management. This is also very critical waste management in our, in our cities um, to provide universal access to safe, inclusive, and accessible green and public spaces. 
green public spaces, um, you find that we particularly have that as a big challenge in Abuja, maintaining our green areas. Um, to what extent have we preserved these green areas? This we'll be, be looking at um, a bit later. Um, to support as well positive economic and social and environmental links between the urban, pre-urban and rural areas, the linkages between these three key areas is, is very important. And as well as um, social increase in the number of cities and human settlements, adopting and implementing integrated policies and plans towards inclusion for resource efficiency, mitigation and adopt adaptation of climate change resilience to disaster disasters and develop and impl implement in line with the SEDAI framework for disaster risk reduction between the years of 2015 to 2030. It's a 15-year window yes. where we're expected to implement this, um, these measures. And then the last but not the least, to support the least developed countries in including three, through financial and technical assistance in building sustainable and resilient buildings utilizing local materials. All right, uh, there's quite a bit for us to get through. Now, before we come into uh, how far along we are in yeah. complying with uh, Sustainable Development Goal 11, especially from the real estate uh, perspective, yeah. um, uh, my assistant producer, Echo Mobong, she went out and had a chat with a cross-section of people, a few people, to ask them you know, what, what they thought about their communities. You know, uh, What did they find fault with? What would they like to see in their communities? And uh, this is what they had to say. See, I used to know they have like a very tight communication and they give you like sense of belongings. But in due time, I see like differences and I would want them to change the fact that they copy most of the norms from the Western country in the such as like they want to be on their own. And that has bring a, a huge gap between most people and the communication is really, really like terrible. So that is what I would want them to change. They should be themselves. They should bring people together. That is what community is all about. You know someone's problem, know how to help them impart in your community. That is what it's all about. Not positively because, okay, for instance, there's no light. For the past three days now, no light. And look at the road. My shoe almost got spoiled yesterday when I was coming back from church. No good road. Look at the schools. No enough facilities for the children to use. Everywhere is looking bad. It's so bad. So nothing. The government should really support and make it mandatory to handle things like electricity, good road, water, and lots more. So they should, they should create adequate resources for us. I really like anything about my community. Okay, I think um, what I like about my community is this. They are good people, they are good farmers, they are hard-working people. But the thing is this, uh, we are lacking industries. We don't have industries, they lack facilities for hospitals. And then if we have more industries, like where I come from, we lack them a lot, a lot, and people are suffering. People are suffering. We have bad roads, no water, people check distance, miles to get water. The youths are hard-working and they are ready to work. But what I don't like about my community is that there's no enough job for the youth. And this led them recently to start committing suicide, which is not supposed to be so. So if the government can put this job issue into consideration, I think the rate of suicide would decrease in our community. What I like about my community is basically the peaceful coexistence between the inhabitants. And um, that makes it really... Uh, happy functioning community. I want the change I would like to see is the provision of basic facilities like the pipe bomb, water, and steady supply of electricity and good roads and affordable housing, most especially.
Right, once again, uh, welcome to the Property Show, Sustainable Real Estate. Our focus uh, today will be on sustainable communities and cities, also known as uh, SDG 11, Sustainable Development Goal number 11. Now, the voices you just heard are from a cross-section of uh, interviewees that uh, my assistant producer went and had a chat with. Now, um, I'm here in the studio with uh, my guests and uh, architect Ibian uh, has just broken down uh, what uh, sustainable development goal number 11 is, which is sustainable cities and communities. Now, it's very important for us to understand we're meant to have attained a high level of compliance in the uh, areas identified in SDG 11 between now and 2030. That's uh, so 2030. So we've got, uh, I don't know what, uh, 11 odd years. Now, the aim of our discussion today is to see how far along we are and how we can uh, improve improve our compliance, especially as it concerns, uh, you know, real estate and so on and so forth. Right. Uh, interesting submission there from the cross-section of our guests. Let me come now to architect uh, uh, Udeze Daniel uh, to hear what you uh, make of those people's observations. Now, these are people talking about their communities. One of them is actually from a rural community. I think she said, well, where I'm from, uh, you know, I'd like to see a bit more industries and so on and so forth. She decried the lack of hospitals. So uh, it, it's clear how she's thinking. She's thinking about um, uh, improving socioeconomic activities in her rural uh, area. She's also very conscious of the uh, state of health, uh, you know, which is a very important contributing factor, especially when you talk about um, our uh, HDI that's human development indexes and so on and so forth. Uh, we heard some of them talk about roads. But uh, what are your thoughts, uh, given what some of those uh, interviewees there uh, have said? And uh, what are your thoughts in general regarding our level of compliance with SDG 11 from the real estate perspective? Yeah, if you listen closely to most of the interviewees, you recall one recurring theme from everything they are saying. You realize that sustainable cities is more about the people in the communities. So whenever you are talking about sustainable cities, the first thing you have to bear in mind that whatever you are developing in the city is always about the people. So because I also I was able to listen to some podcasts recently, especially the one organized by Catera, which is a unicorn in the U.S., whereby there's also a similar program where experts in industry were also interviewed on what makes a city great. You realize that the primary factor in every great city and sustainable city is always the people. So when you are developing, we are talking about the transport system, we are talking about the work environment, we are talking about everything that goes into the city, the, the houses and everything. If you don't have the people in mind, then it will never be successful because at the end of the day, it's the people that have left their various places of, uh, of their nativity to come to the city for a better livelihood. So they came to the city because they want a better lifestyle. So everything you are developing in the city always has to has to do with the people. For example, when you're talking about a workplace, when you're planning the road infrastructure, you're thinking of how to make life easier for people. For example, they, where they live should be able to be close to where they work so that their movement is not so stressful like someone living in the outskirts of the city and working in the center of the city. So if oh, the okay, city so is I, not planned, right, that so, does in mind. Okay, sorry to jump in there. Basically, what we're t- what you're saying, especially uh, given this regards, we are you know uh, broadcasting uh, from Abuja, which is federal capital territory. Yeah. What you're talking about is like uh, uh, when it comes to a town planning, we need to consider how to factor in uh, yes. economic spaces next to residential spaces accordingly, because um, uh, you've got your let's not forget white collar, blue collar as well. Uh, you know, yeah. these are some of the factors for us to consider when we're planning these spaces. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, so like you mentioned that I mentioned about um, inclusive planning. So yes. that's like part of it. When you're applying a city, you need to bear in mind that there are different categories of people in the city. Some people are in the higher echelon of people. Some people are the low-income earners. So if the city is not inclusively planned, you realize that life in the city will be at the end of the day be very harsh for people that reside in the city. So that's where inclusive planning comes in. Okay, l- let me come now to uh, Mr. Umar. Uh, pretty interesting challenge there. Are we on track? Let's use, uh, I'd like to use Abuja as a template because uh, Abuja, the federal capital territory, you know, it's afforded us an opportunity to plan from scratch. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think um, looking at Abuja, the FCT, I think a lot of people have had uh, discussions regarding how the city has been planned. There's a master plan, which I think, uh, was approved of, I think, in 1976 or so. Thereabouts. And uh, over the years, we had a number of ministers who have vehemently tried to see how they could bring and uh, sustain the master plan and make sure that things are developed according to uh, how it was designed in the first place. Some updates have been integrated into it to support the realities of today. Yes. And... Based on these realities of today, we still have a situation where um, the greater part of the lower income earners are living outside the city. So there's a heavy demand on infrastructure when it comes to transport. So you have a lot of people moving into town very early in the morning. You have a lot of people moving out of town late in the evening. So where it is possible for us to revisit how we can make available housings that would accommodate some quantity of people within the main city. I think it would help preserve the lifespan of the infrastructure that has been uh, laid out. Uh, But I think apart from just looking at this uh, issue from the perspective of government now because most of the people that have conversations talk about what government should do, what government has not done. Uh, We don't really factor in the amount of impact and contribution that can be made from private sector. Now, where the government has its limitations in capacity, the private sector has a lot of capacity in terms of technical capacity. Coming up with solutions that are a bit bit more uh, financially efficient in terms of how much they need to spend to get those solutions, getting out both in terms of water, electricity, energy efficiency, transportation, all of these things are areas to which we believe strongly that the private sector has a significant role to play. So, but the question we need to ask ourselves now is how does this impact on every single individual who is listening in today? So in our individual homes, how many light bulbs do I have? And do I need that many light bulbs? Whether or not the electricity is available, then we now start looking at alternatives. So if I can afford an inverter, what size of it? Let it not be that I have to get a 5 kVA. No, if my requirement is just an 850, 850 kilovolts, why not? 850 watts, why not? I start with that. And then looking at solar. So some of these things based on technology advancements, they're becoming that much more affordable. And then looking at the housing uh, component of things, making housing affordable and available is what is another thing that can be looked at critically. But I think there's a lot that the private sector can do in different areas to try and help 
with the concept of sustainable cities and more importantly, sustainable communities. Because I think as uh, architect Udeze uh, said, he said it's all about the people. And when you talk about people, they stem from communities. And that's where the conversation should be targeted at. How do we pick this up from the communities before okay. we get to cities? Right, let me come back now to uh, architect Ibrahim, uh, talking about mass housing, especially in a capital city like this. Uh, how realistic and attainable is mass housing where land does come at a premium in a city like Abuja? Let's be realistic. Now, we have uh, many... Uh, you know, states, or there are some states that border the federal capital territory, and Nasarawa states, uh, the Karu axis of the FCT, popular place where people reside, uh, Suleja, uh, that's a Niger state, that's another po- you know, place. Uh, ex- exactly. So, um, when we look within, uh, you know, the uh, city itself, how feasible is mass housing, especially when we consider, you know, uh, what our architect Udeze talked about, when we consider planning along the lines of um, uh, residence and economic spaces. How practical is that in, you know, uh, the FCT? Um, thank you. That's a very interesting um, topic, Kyoto, you're bringing up there, because um, what we're trying to talk about here is the relationships between work, live, and play. Yes. Where we live, where we work, where we play, basically. Mass housing in the FCT is very viable, given the right frameworks from government. Like you mentioned, um, land comes at a premium. But um, with the right public-private sector partnership, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of um, possibilities in that sector. The population is there. Abuja is, is growing. The population is already there. You, 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 you'd observe the, 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 the daily commute between the, the outlying towns, the Nyaya, the Marabas, and the Sulejas that you talk about, inflowing into, into Abuja every morning. And then in the evenings, you see people leaving the, the city center to go to the outskirts again. So what it then means is that there is a shortage of housing within the, the center itself. And if government and um, the private sector does not put in place um, solutions to providing affordable housing for these people, so you find that eventually they will provide means for themselves. Take, for example, Metama. Metama has uh, a, a sprawling city coming up on the other side of the road where, where you have this, the, the Gisheries. The Gisheries take care of the, the people who would work in the offices in Metama, the drivers, the, the, the house helps, and all, and all those other people. They are all the people who are living in Gishiri. So whereas if there was an innovative urban uh, planning concept that was put in place to ensure that these persons who are living in these outlying areas have their housing in close proximity, you find reduced stress on, on public utilities, you'd re- you'd reduce stress on the road networks, and by and large you'd find that people walk, walk in more, fav- more um, uh, livable and more um, uh, better environments. So it's, it's, they all come together. You, you cannot uh, take one part and leave the other. We have to find a, a system that, that brings together all these um, mm-hmm. factors to, uh, to achieve um, a, given, a given aim. Okay. Now, uh, let me come back now to uh, Architect Udeze. Now, uh, one of the uh, aspects of SDG, that Sustainable Development Goal number 11, is that of a sustainable transport system. And now we live in a world where we are compelled to think green. We must consider the environment because the degradation, the damage, uh, the harm we are doing to the planet is going to come around and bite us in the proverbial. So uh, sustainable transport is a very, very important system. I came across a report uh, not too long ago. Um, somebody has come up with solar-powered tricycles, the Kekenapep solar-powered. 
uh, is that sustainable? Because it comes at quite a markup. Take, for example, your average uh, kekinapep costs anywhere between, uh, I think, about 500,000, thereabouts, five to 600,000 naira. Uh, the solar-powered version comes at close, just under a million, about 900 and something thousand naira. Is that sustainable, given the returns you see people getting? Because it's a well uh, uh, you know, patronized system of transport, isn't it, in the city? Uh, do you see this making an impact transport-wise? Yeah, I agree partly with the concept. I agree with the part of the solar part, but the keke part is the part I have a bit challenged with because I believe if it can be applied to keke and pay, for example, it could as well be applied to the public transport because there have been some experiments in other developed parts of the world whereby you see electric cars you see cars are but electric by. cars that, that's still on the high end isn't it uh, for now yeah, I'm, just, I'm just talking for, about for public transport not for personal use yeah so I'm, I'm just saying that I endorse the aspects being solar powered because it is less uh, toxic to the environment compared to the carbon and all that but it's, it's definitely sustainable it's renewable apply, energy yeah, it could as well be applied to public transportation system whereby yeah, you don't have to rely solely on the fuel and carbon and all that to actually power the vehicles that at the end of the day it, it emits a lot of toxic gases that affects the the environment yeah the environment in at large okay now um, now we've seen uh, you know the uh, rail projects within the city the intercity rail project it's been on for a number of years uh, it ought to have been completed let's just leave that down to uh, whatever uh, you know factors are responsible but let's look to the impact of you know a light railway system within the city how will this affect the quality of life of the people do you think because i i I ask that because uh, many of us don't like to walk uh you know if you see people taking public transport uh we like it to be you know very very close to where we live we just want to walk out of our front doors hop on a bus a bike a car or something uh and let that drop you off at the uh, office but uh in, in in many modern cities Parking spaces come at a premium. Uh, people who use their own vehicles will tell you the headaches they have in finding a parking space. For example, yeah, if I drive to the office, I'll park two, three blocks away and yeah. I'll be compelled to walk. Uh, so we don't like to walk in that regard. But how yeah. do you think, you know, an uh, intra-city rail system will affect our quality of life? Yeah, just like mentioned, because it's a shared transport system, I believe it will have a very good impact because in some advanced uh, world, part of the world also, people don't necessarily need to own their own cars anymore because of issues of parking and all that. So being a shared transport system, I believe it also reduced, because if you look at Abuja, for example, when you walk out on the street, you see a lot of cars, so much cars in the street. So if you have a shared transport system where people don't necessarily, if it's efficient and all that, people don't necessarily need to own their own cars. Yes. I believe it will be of great impact to the city and all right, um, we'll take a short break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll still be looking at uh, public transport, which is a very, very important aspect of uh, uh, life in any community or city. Public transportation, if you can get that right, you will go a long way in positively impacting the lives of the people. More of this when we come back. The Property Show. Sustainable real estate. We'll be right back. some reasons why people are choosing Belad Properties. Belad Realty has been able to do something which not many uh, companies in the industry have been able to do, and that is uh, retain a very high level of uh, quality of work 
at very affordable prices to its clients. We talk about Internet of Things. They've leveraged on technology to give us the power to stay in control of what happens in our homes. Village Realty has a centralized gas system where you will not see gas cylinders littered all over the place. One thing that's unique to Billard Property is that they have very fascinating facilities, I would say next level facilities. Take for example the problem of a rising damp. It's a very basic structural problem which many companies seem to overlook. One key feature that caught my attention was the flexible payment plan, which means that individuals get to make plans based on their budget or their financial plans. Billard gives us a glimpse of the future. They are creating pathways for us to experience what efficiency really is. The flexibility reaches out to the fact that for every house model, you can actually remodel the internal walls of the building. Oh, Billard Realty, I just feel like living in one of the houses now. Billard Realty is not giving you a house. They are giving you a home. With estates in Jabi, Wuye, and Life Camp, the Lad Realties has something that's right for you. Find out more for yourself. Visit www.theladnigeria.com or call Diara 0803 365 9584 or a Ekomovo 0708 736 5132 to arrange a visit. All right, listening to The Property Show, Sustainable Real Estate. My name is Camry, and I'm here in the studio with architect Chike Chamberlain Ibeanu, who's the principal partner of Z Design and Developments Consultant Limited. And also with us is uh, architect Udeze Daniel, and uh, the uh, chief business and strategy officer of Billad Realty, Abdullahi Umar, is also with us. And uh, you'll be hearing subsequently uh, from the uh, manager business and strategy of Billad, and also the client relation officer of Billad as we go along in uh, some uh, other segments on the program. Right, we've been talking about sustainable cities and communities, which uh, happens to be, again, a part of the uh, Sustainable Development Goals. It's uh, number uh, number 11. There are 17 Sustainable Development Goals. We have a window between, uh, uh, well, now and uh, 2030 to have made some uh, good tracks in attaining or rather complying with the Sustainable Development Goals. Right, uh, let's come now to uh, public transportation. Let me come to uh, uh, Abdullahi Umar. Uh, Lagos has uh, done something quite significant in impacting public transportation, hasn't it? By setting aside uh, lanes of traffic that are solely given over to public transportation. Now, this is something that has proven successful in many cities, but um, uh, I don't know. I don't see that in the Federal Capital Territory, which is sad because uh, public transportation must be given a premium. In some countries, take the uh, British public transport system, the buses, for example, uh, people will tell you, you can literally set your watch by you know, the bus schedule. If they tell you a number six bus is coming along every two and a half minutes, it will show up every two and a half minutes. Uh, so um, talking about setting aside when we come to town planning and so on and so forth, um, setting aside dedicated lanes to public transport, uh, it is lacking, isn't it, uh, with us? It's something we have not been able to, uh, to get right. Uh, what are your thoughts in that regard? I think it's a work in progress. At some point after Lagos picked up with the BRT lanes, I believe um, 
the FCT, after a number of years, if we notice there are some yellow lines that started to appear on some of the streets, but that I want to believe for whatever reason, we don't know. Uh, it may have to do with implementation because I, uh, the Abuja Investment Company Limited, I think, is overseeing the mass transit company, which has quite a number of buses that are running through the town, uh, moving people. Uh, so I think it's more on the side of an implementation component, just looking at the framework of what needs to be done, because it's one thing to have the lanes drawn out on the streets, but then it's another thing of whether or not it is logical and if it would reduce the amount of traffic that we have. And I know there are some things, some issues back then when Fashola was governor of Lagos State, uh, there are news feeds that show him stopping officers of the military or the Air Force because they were going on or passing through the bus lanes. Yeah. So these are some of the things that we would need to see happen here. But I believe... Once it's picked up, it will help in reducing the amount of commute time for people between one bus stop and uh, and the next. And it, it will help reduce the number of cars because once it's efficient, then people won't drive themselves. The reason why people tend to drive themselves is because they want to get to their location quicker. But if the, if the public transport systems are effective and efficient, then it would become um, uh, I think it would be something that people would want to subscribe to a bit more. Like I said earlier, private sector is a good point to leverage on because where the government is seemingly strained in what it needs to do because there are so many things that we expect of the government and we need them to create that enabling environment and have those open doors for us to have conversations with them to say, okay, look, this is how we can at least contribute to solve certain issues and where that happens i think quicker solutions would come up okay yeah uh, you know i think there's something very important we need to put out uh, while we're talking on uh, public transport uh, and that is you know uh, many cities around the world have a traffic problem a congestion it just simply comes with urbanization uh, we can't get away with it yeah. uh, because i hear some people talking about oh the traffic in lagos is absolutely horrible why can't we get it right well the truth of the matter is uh, it's something that will always be a massive headache for any major city anywhere in the world uh, they're always going to be holdups but um I, I think you know especially given our discussions what we're trying to look at is opening up alternative forms of transportation so that, uh, you know, we can all leverage on whatever it is that suits your needs. In uh, Lagos, for example, water transport is a factor. Here in the FCT, it's not because there are obviously no rivers here and so on and so forth. Um, uh, railway, very, very important. You know, you can't talk about mass transit without talking about moving goods and people by rail. Before the program, I was talking to... Uh, uh, you know, uh, one of our, our, our members of staff here on our public transportation and um, listen to the Vox Pops as well, people complaining about the state of roads in Nigeria. Now, I've been around, uh, you know, some of these construction companies and I've looked at the quality of work they do and it's up to par. It's, it's world class. But where the problem comes is use. The wear and tear on our roads are greater than the wear and tear on European roads. So if you want to compare, you know, uh, Nigerian roads construction to European road construction, standards are pretty much the same. But uh, the difference is, uh, in, in Europe, for example, you know, they've got roads, they've got rail, they've got cargo, they've got water, and they utilize all these forms of transportation. And I think uh, completely holistically, uh, they get more 
from transportation than we do because we've just got a couple of means and uh, that's it. So um, our discussions are to open up as many forms as possible. I personally would like to see many, you know, solar pads kicking our peps because it means uh, the air is healthier for me to breathe. I'm very conscious about <laughs> respiration and so on and so forth now. So uh, these are uh, things we'd like to see. Policy-wise, yeah, the government has got its own role to play. But like you gentlemen have identified, a private sector has a massive, massive role to play. Infrastructure is not uh, something that is born and delivered solely by governments. That yeah. it's, it's partnerships. It's absolutely huge. So it's going to take partnership with the proper framework and policies in place. And um, who knows? Uh, 10 years down the line, it'll be a different discussion we'll be having and uh, so on and so forth. Right, just to round off very quickly, green spaces. Um, now, architect uh, Ibn, you talked about uh, uh, green spaces when you were taking us through the uh, general outline of uh, SDG 11. Yes. Uh, but, uh, green spaces, um, one would have expected much more given the fact that we had the chance to plan from the bottom up. Yes, um, Abuja, unfortunately... Um it's not getting it very right with the green spaces because um, the naturally occurring green um, green spaces we have in the city are being overtaken by man, uh, man's development. You find that we're losing uh, quite a lot of um, our green spaces um, even within the highbrow areas like in Metama. In Metama, um, on Mississippi, we have at least three three green green spaces. Some of them are gone. Um, you have the Kurdu, the the the, the Kukwaba National Park. That too is gone due to the activities of um, human, uh, human um, development. So in, in a way, we have to first of all understand that um, a sustainable city cannot do without a properly well-articulated green, uh, green, green um, space policy, where you have green spaces interlacing where the human habitation areas are. Then you'd have an enhanced um, quality or air quality and enhanced living spaces where people can can um, stroll around in the evening with their families and, and have um, better air quality. The green spaces help air quality to, to a large extent, and that's one of the major targets of the SDG 11, that we, that we enhance the, the air quality of our cities by 2030. Okay, very, very important that. All right, um, uh, in a second, we'll be bringing you our tip of the week. Uh, Priscilla will be here to uh, uh, give us some positive pointers for our properties. Well, PPP, too many P's for my good there. All right, so uh, all of this uh, when we come back. Stay with us. Thanks for staying with us. If you are just joining us, you are welcome to The Property Show, Sustainable Real Estate. Right now, uh, this is a part of the show where we get to hear from uh, Bilad, uh, Bilad Realty about what they're doing in the industry to uh, uh, pick up our real estate from our discussions. And uh, taking us through all of this will be the Chief Business and Strategy Officer of Bilad, Abdullahi Omar. Right, um... So, uh, Bilal Property, what are we doing uh, regarding uh, SDG 11? Because I noticed when we walked into your offices, uh, it's one of your uh, focal points, isn't it, as a company? And that was very, very encouraging to see that. Yes, it is. Now, for us, we look at uh, sustainable cities and communities, and we pick it up from the point of communities. Uh, Taking it from people, which are the most important component of any community whatsoever. It's how do we influence 
the behaviors of people within an environment that would allow them to become much more resourceful, allow them to manage the resources that they have and, and enable it be available for use at a later date. And when we look at these resources, we ask ourselves the questions, what are these resources? The one that comes very easily would be energy. We know that it is scarce. We know that it's epileptic from the issues of uh, the challenges we have with AEDC and what supplements exist. You have diesel-powered generators or petrol-powered generators. Can they be substituted with cooking gas, LPG? So when it burns, it burns cleaner. Can we use solar panels? Can we use wind turbines? All of these things are options that are considered. Then when it comes to green areas, what provisions are made within any of these communities that we have? Can we incorporate green spaces for recreation, well-being? Because when we talk about sustainable cities and communities, it now goes back to well-being as well, which I think is equally one of the focal areas of the SDGs. So health and fitness, so health and fitness, you now look at how do people jog, are they eating the right, eating the right food, getting the right uh, amount of exercise. So within any of the developments that we have, we look at a number of issues. First and foremost, green areas. Make sure that we have green areas, recreational areas for people to relax and play in and provide enough ventilation within any of those communities. We look at energy efficiency, trying to leverage on technology, so with the concept of smart devices, which when put together, you now have things about home automation, which are geared at energy efficiency. So selecting the right number of bulbs and right sizing. So where you have a room space that should be powered by a one horsepower air conditioner, you don't put in a two horsepower air conditioner just because you can afford it. You're trying to save the environment and you're trying to save on money that you would have paid for electricity. Then we look at how do we, even down to the design, our design team, the gradient on our roofs is seven degrees. Why do we have that? Why did we look at it to that detail? Is so that we can harvest as much sunlight as possible off of solar panels when installed. So some of these things go beyond just surface and down to the technical aspects of it, which I may not be able to do justice to it, and I'm sure we'll go into sustainable construction, which is one of the topics we'll be discussing, uh, where all those areas would be looked at. So at the end of it all for us, it's how do we bring about convenience to clients when living within our communities, factoring in well-being, factoring in energy efficiency, and having uh, a community that would be open and secure because more uh, a lot of people are concerned about security and some people think when you have tall fences that is what protects you in developed countries you find that without the fences you're more secure because your neighbor is able to see if you have a challenge if you scream out or they they look and they see somebody's breaking into your house they'd be able to at least call for help but when you have a fence and anybody jumps over that fence nobody sees what's going on so we within our own design of communities it is a communal setting 
where it is one entrance, one exit, and there are security personnel who are patrolling in addition to security surveillance cameras distributed along the areas. We have fire hydrants distributed along the communities to combat any incident whatsoever. We have fiber optic cabling running through the communities for intercom activities, internet services. So all of these things we look at when it comes to community and sustainable communities. And when we build them, we will work towards creating a city. So from one community at a time, we would get to the stage of building a city, a sustainable one at that. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I found pretty interesting when we went to, I think it was your uh, life camp uh, site. Now you've broken ground there and uh, so on and so forth, but looking at the plans and then taking that, uh, sorry, just supposing that with one of your other sites, which is in a way, what I found pretty interesting was uh, what you just mentioned now, your uh, attention, your focus on green spaces. You're talking about cycling tracks, for example. Uh, that's something that is very, very uncommon in the FCT, where you have many property developers, you know, um, maximizing every square meter. Uh, you go to some mini estates, for example, uh, you find, uh, you know, uh, fully detached duplexes, all right, uh, spaced. I think about maybe in some cases 10 meters apart and they're all crammed like barracks and I'm asking myself you know, how on earth can you live there and feel comfortable it's, it's like a glorified ghetto kind of life isn't it I don't know let me uh, architect uh, um, uh, ch uh, chuckling but it, it's something that's quite common in the practice especially in the FCT because as we said land comes at a premium but uh, developers I, I think, uh, just like Bilad doing, need to strike a much better balance between uh, maximizing uh, profit, which means maximizing developing every single square meter versus, uh, you know, the quality of life you are selling, you know, to people. Not You're not just selling a property to a person, you're selling a better quality of life to them. Uh, what do you make of that? Well, uh, the fact of the matter is that there are, there are codes and there are ordinances that guide developments in the FCT quite right. Just like in every other organized um, city we have in Nigeria. Um, densities are stated while ab initio, before you start your designs, uh, where you have um, medium, low, and high density plots. And these, in a nutshell, determine how much of the plot area you would be allowed to develop. So where we have a failure of implementation, then that's a, that's a, that's a story for another day. If, for example, in a medium um, density plot, you're allowed to develop up to 45%, 50% of the plot, and then you find in the actual sense, physically on site, it, it, the, the developers are doing 55 60%, which means you're going to have more congestion on the plot. Oh, yes. Then that's really not um, a policy issue. It's more, more of an implementation issue. And then for the, f the, the better part of um, um, our perceptions, you find that people are becoming more discerning. People in the FCT and a lot of our other faster developing cities in Nigeria are becoming more discerning. Um, the, the time where people build anyhow, develop properties anyhow, is, 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 fast, um, is fast going. People go into, an, into estates now with, with, with a mindset of a top type of property they, they, they're investing in. They want to have um, premium, premium life at, 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 uh, at a very affordable um, uh, price. And um, you, you, can, you cannot um, take away from the, the, the fact that people have become more aware what is available in the market, the type of um, um, communities they, they want to live in, and the standards that are that are that are possible. 
you can't cramp people up um, like in a barracks anymore. People, okay. are, people are going to reject such developments as time goes on more and more. All right. Uh, when we come back, I will pick up right where we left off. Stay with us. The Property Show. Sustainable real estate will be right back. You heard of the WeFM and Bilad Property Promo? Well, WeFM 106.3 and Bilad Realty have put together a package for everyone looking to buy a property from Bilad exclusive to WeFM listeners. You get a great bargain when you buy a villa, townhouse, or apartment from any of the Bilad properties in Wee, Jabi, and Life Camp, but only when you buy through WeFM. You get 2% discounts on any property, plus the choice of having any of the following or all depending on the property type you are buying. A range of 3.5 to 10.5 kVA, inverter systems, fully fitted kitchen appliances or home automation, air conditions for all living area and all bedrooms, including boys' quarters, plus a range of 50 to 52-inch television set. All these come as special offers ranging from 500,000 to 3.5 million. And guess what? You can choose to convert these to cash and have it discounted from the total amount Amount payable for the house. What's more, this does not require outright purchase. You still get a great payment plan, one that works for you, but only if you buy through WeFM. To take advantage of this offer, call Diara on 0803-365-9584 or Ecomobo on 0708-736-5132 or go to our website www.wefmng.com for more details. Remember, this offer is only for Bilad properties and exclusive to WeFM. You won't get it if you go to Bilad Direct. Thanks for staying with us. If, however, you are just joining us, you are welcome. You're listening to The Property Show, Sustainable Real Estate. And we've been talking today about sustainable communities and cities. And uh, just before the break there, uh, we heard from our uh, architect, uh, Ibian, and what he thought about, uh, most importantly, you know, population density, I beg your pardon, um, uh, residential uh, densities and so on and so forth. And uh, before that, we heard from the uh, business strategy, uh, chief business and strategy officer of Bilad Realty, that's Abdullahi Umar, on what Bilad is doing uh, towards uh, meeting some of the com- uh, requirements of sustainable development goal number 11. Okay, let's go back now to um, uh, Abdullah Umar. So, uh, pretty interesting there, uh, your layout and the amount of thought you've given into uh, delivering a better quality of life to your uh, clients and potential clients, being our listeners who have not been uh, made aware of Billab properties yet. So, uh, just to round it off, the closing remarks. Okay, um, I think it's important for, for, for me to mention that... All of these things that have been spoken about are not achieved in isolation. We have significant collaborations both with public and private sector. Um, We are working closely with the uh, development control when it comes to building energy efficiency codes as well, which is the program being supported by uh, GIZ. Uh, We are equally uh, partnering with um, other institutions 
which are regulatory in nature and private sector. We have university collaborations as well. So university industry collaborations that seek to help strengthen the research and development component of our activities when it comes to sustaining these initiatives that are being implemented. We know we have to look at the younger generation because when we now look at hiring and succession planning, uh, we must make sure that we let the younger ones that are in, still within the institutions know what is expected within industry. So it's a web of activities that we do. So when we initiate any component, we make sure that we think about it for the long term. It's not just a short whim where we say, okay, you know what, let's implement this um, solar solution or let's implement this gas power generator solution for the fun of it. And it's a one-off. No. We look at it long term. So I think what we want to achieve is let all other partners in real estate think about the role that they have to play in making our cities and communities more sustainable. Let us try and come up with better partnerships amongst ourselves because SDG in itself has partnering for the goals. And let's be a bit more broad in our perspective on how we're going to achieve it because what matters most is people. And we're people ourselves. We that we're playing within the industry still fall within the people that would either use the transport or use these housing or use electricity. So I think it's important for us to take this into cognizance and be a bit more aware and strike a balance between our profit our gunning for profits and what would last much longer so that our children would take over something better than what we have now. Quite Thank right. you. Well said. Well said, uh, Abdullah Umar. There is the Chief Business and Strategy Officer of Belad. Okay, right. Um, when we come back next, uh, we'll be having a look at some of the uh, uh, tips that Priscilla will be giving us this week. All of this when we come back. Stay with us. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, if you are just joining us, you're welcome. You are listening to The Property Show, Sustainable Real Estate. Right, uh, joining us now for our tip of the week is uh, the uh, Client Relation Officer of Belads. That's uh, uh, Priscilla Tete. Priscilla, thanks so much for coming down. Welcome. Thank you, Mr. Camry. Thank you for having me. So, um, because we at Belad Realty believe that uh, the people are our passion. Our passion is people, basically. So today we're going to focus on essential elements of a sustainable city. So in case you're trying to move into an estate or live in an environment, you have to check for all of these things. So just bring out a pen and a paper and write it down. Before you rent that house in that community, please ensure that you check all of these things. First off, you have to have access to public resources. Now, the well-being of residents is critical in sustainable cities, which means guaranteed access to 
quality education, safe health centers, you know, easy to access public transportation. I have been to some estates and I, I've seen that they have police stations, they have um, clinics, they have um, shopping malls, all of these things, as long as it's reachable, it's accessible. Now, as population and uh, challenges change within cities, so does the need for adaptive solutions to resources. So the bigger the community gets, it's very important to extend all of these things so that, you know, it can get through everybody in that um city. Now moving on, uh, the renovation of public spaces is another very, very important factor. Now public streets, squares, parks, urban spaces, as well as modern irrigation and waste management practices are vital aspects of sustainable living. I'm sure there are places you went to as a kid. If you go back there now, nobody's taking care of it. Nobody's renovating it. So what would you leave for your kids to come? How would you tell them, oh, we used to play here, or this is where I met your mommy, you know, all of those things. So you have to we have to make sure that we actually look out for all of these places and renovate them also moving on to the next one the reduction of poisonous gases that are harmful to the ozone layer is perhaps you know the most significant measure of a city's environmental commitment now lowering co2 levels can be achieved through the long-term shift towards using renewable energies okay now uh, at Bella Realty, we're trying to come up with uh, a situation whereby we can use cooking gas to power generators, just cleaner energy, burns cleaner, and you know it just makes the environment a lot more conducive for you instead of the whole, you know air pollution and all of that. Now moving on to the last thing, we have to learn to reduce, reuse, and recycle. The three R's, reduce, reuse, and recycle. Now, managers of a sustainable city must raise awareness about the importance of recycling and responsible consumption. It's very, very important. Now, and create also infrastructure that allows for minimal waste. And also change is possible in a short space of time if cities actually show leadership responsibilities. Everybody should be responsible. Don't say, okay, because this debt is not in front of my house. It can be there forever and ever, and you don't care. You're going to pass through that road. Even if it's not in front of your house, it tends to affect you one way or the other because you live in that community. So we should all learn to be, you know, leaders in one way or the other and just be responsible for the society at large. Thank you. Thank you so much to Priscilla. Very, very useful tips there, as always. Uh, especially, I like the uh, three R's, reduce, reuse, and recycle. All right. Um, right, while we come back uh, in a second, we'll be having a look at some hot deals from Belad. More of this when we come back. It's time for Hot Deals. Thanks for staying with us here on the Property Show, Sustainable Real Estate. Right, uh, interesting hot um, tips, tip of the week there from uh, Priscilla. Thank you once again. Right, let's come back now to um, Abdul Qadr, the business strategy officer of uh, Bilad Realty. Uh, hot deals. So what's hot with us at the moment? Everything. <laughs> Always good to hear that. Yeah, because um, everything Bilad, like was uh, rightly mentioned last week, is hot. Um, we have an array of uh, houses, a different variety. We have ranging from one bedroom to seven bedrooms, uh, some to nine bedrooms, uh, actually. And um, depending on the type of uh, units that you're going to choose, 
uh, it comes with different kinds of incentives that are only and exclusively accessible if you come through WeFM. Now, if you come to our office, obviously, it's just going to be the regular thing that you would see out there. The prices are just going to be regular. But if you're coming through WeFM, because uh, it, it's, it's more of trying to get people to be aware of what we're doing right now, um, you would get some 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 sort of incentives. Now, these incentives can range from you know all room ACs. So you buy a house and just imagine buying a home and it comes with it's fully air conditioned. It's more like going out to buy a vehicle and they tell you that the air condition doesn't work. Most people will tell you I'm not buying. But just imagine a home coming with full air condition, like everywhere. All your rooms, all your living rooms, they all have air conditions. Or perhaps, uh, when we're talking about the tips of the house, we talked about the kitchen being the heart of the home. Now imagine going into a home with a fitted kitchen, with appliances, high-valued appliances coming with your kitchen as part of what you're buying in your house. Or perhaps having a house come with a fully automated fully automated ranging from your door you have a video doorbell with remote access you step into your house your house welcomes you with a soothing sound so it comes in with with a music that soothes your mind and it sets up uh, your air condition automatically to a temperature that would make you calm so imagine coming back from a stressful day from work and then your house welcomes you into the house you will be looking forward to leaving your office some of us leave our offices and we're thinking man i'm going back home you know, <laughs> that's, that's the way it should be. You know, that, that's the way it should be. You know, so it should be that you're looking forward to going back home. Absolutely, you're looking forward to going back. Or imagine having your family stay in a place where the home takes care of them. They're not the ones taking care of the home. The home takes care of them. That is what the home automation is all about. So all of these things are accessible only and exclusively when you come through. We we now, one last thing that I didn't mention is about, we know the issues that we face in, in our houses or in our country nowadays when it comes to energy and power. We have a yes. problem. We have a serious deficit in our power supply. Now, imagine having a house coming with an alternative power supply that will serve you when the grid is off at no cost. Green, clean, and sustainable energy. Power inverters. You have storage, you have solar panels, and all of those things. Now, all of these things are only accessible if you buy Bilad and buy through EFM. Okay. Well, you heard it there. You know, don't hang about. Uh, get in touch. Uh, we'll put out the uh, numbers. You can hear them in our promos, which are playing on a cycle during the course of the day. Uh, you can arrange your site visits by calling those numbers, and um, uh, hopefully you'll find uh, real estate. Uh, uh, beg your pardon, the property that is uh, suited to you and your family. All right. Now, um, before we round off the show and say our thank yous uh, to our guests, uh, we'll take uh, some news in the uh, real estate sector here in Nigeria. Now, our experts say the federal government must subsidize housing to bridge the deficit. Now, this is uh, from uh, this day. An investment banker, uh, banker, Professor Charles Iyagete, has advised the federal government to subsidize mortgage financing in order to enable Nigerians have access to affordable housing as well as bridge the current housing deficit. Speaking in an interview at the recent Facility Management Forum 2019 organized by Total Facilities Management Limited, he said that the only effective means of mortgage financing was through a subsidized arrangement where the funds are practically given through budget and the funds are not looking at the market. 
He added that it requires government support and innovation in the way we build as we need to use technology and local materials to make housing cheaper. Iagate further mentioned that there is no point building massive houses for people who cannot afford them. Also speaking at the occasion was the Managing Director, Total Facilities Management Limited, Mrs. Wandu Chukura, who bemoans the current state of facility management in the country. She, however, expressed optimism in the bill seeking to establish a regulatory institution for facility management in the country, which is before the National Assembly and would be passed soon to address some of the challenges. Chikura said the bill would help us create our own profession so that we can have facilities managers practice in Nigeria, being aware of our environment and owning our own association. And a mortgage bank in partnership to meet housing needs of Nigerians. Just Shelter and Allied Products Limited have developed 14 blocks with six three-bedroom flats in each block at David's Quarter State, uh, Arapun Ogun State. In an effort to meet the housing needs of Nigerians through mortgage creation, Resort uh, Re- Savings and Loans PLC, a mortgage bank with headquarters in Lagos, begins a business... Uh, Business collaboration with Just Shelter and Allied Products Limited with a view to providing mortgage facilities and marketing services to the latter and its numerous clients. To facilitate this project, Resort Savings and Loans is granting a company the needed mortgage facilities to would-be purchasers. Head of Estate Services Department of Resorts, Resort Savings, uh, Mr. Alex Animashaun, told reporters that the project's located in Arepo Community, which covers an area of 1,578 hectares, which is a 15,645 square meters, is the first phase of various housing units they are developing in Lagos and Ogun states. The estate, according to him, is covered by Global Certificate of Occupancy. However, favoured subscribers are expected to perfect their interest with Ogun State Government. And Imashao encouraged existing and prospective customers of the bank to take advantage of the new development, assuring that Resort Savings and Loans PLC will readily help with the loans to access the flats. Okay, so uh, that's all for the news in our real estate sector today, and that's it for the uh, uh, programme. I just want to say a uh, very big thank you to our guests uh, on the program today. Thank you so much to uh, architect Chike Chamberlain Ibeanu, who is the principal partner of uh, Z Design and Development Consultants Limited. Thank you so much, thank architect Ibeanu. And uh, also thank you so much to architect Udeze Daniel. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And of course, the Chief Business and Strategy Officer of Bilad, that's uh, Abdullahi Umar. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. And uh, thanks once again to uh, uh, Aisha Adavi Ruku. She is the Manager, Business and Strategy of Bilad. And um, of course, thank you as well to the Client Relation Officer of Bilad, Priscilla Tete. It's been uh, wonderful having you all. All right, now uh, we have come to the end of this episode of the uh, Property Show Sustainable Real Estate. Once again, thank you so much to our guests. On the next episode, we'll be talking about sustainable construction and safety in construction. What does green construction mean to you? How do we create structures using processes that are environmentally responsible and resource efficient? We'll also be looking at safety standards in the industry. Now, don't forget, you can listen to a repeat broadcast of the program every Wednesday at 6 p.m. 
So uh, that's it from the Property Show Sustainable Real Estate. Thank you so much to our executive producer, Steve Gukas, our executive producer, Namli Gukas, our administrative and marketing team, Itohan, Yunus, and Diara, and also my assistant producer, Ekomobong Okopiedo, and our sound and technical engineers, Barnabas and B. Plank. On behalf of everyone, my name is Camry. Until next time, bye-bye.